Thank you for listening to The New Norm. I'm Frank Caramano. So we're back here on a Monday night, and the reason we're back is because, like I said, Thursdays have now become game nights uh, for the remainder of the preseason. And, you know, what we do on Thursdays is just go over what kind of happened during the games. And what we're going to do now through the week is at least go over the news and notes of what's going on with the team. What did we actually learn from the game? Because remember, I mean, it's an immediate post game. Um, For instance... You think there's not much you're going to learn, and then you hear head coach Nick Sirianni say and Jalen Hurts say that the deep ball that was quote-unquote missed to Quez Watkins, well, it looks like that the timing was off because the corner, and if you watch the play, you could see exactly what they're saying, uh, Sutton had pushed Watkins off his route a little bit, and that disrupted the timing. That's why, again, deep passes are so difficult to complete because essentially the quarterback's thrown into a spot and the wide receiver has to get to that spot. And if something goes where, for instance, there's a slip by the receiver, you know, like I said, a penalty that should have been called that wasn't called in that instance, it blows up the whole play. So Nick Sirianni, who, you know, listen, he has not been, I don't want to say giving, you know, glowing reviews of Jalen Hurts, but he hasn't been essentially, like, bullish on him. He was bullish on Jalen Hurts on Saturday. That was the thing that came out of this. Like, he, I don't know if he's being told from the powers that be, and I could trust me, I totally believe that's where this all comes from. I believe the front office, and by front office I mean the geek, uh, Howie Roseman, is telling him essentially what's going on and who to play and what to say and yada, 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 kind of trying to puppeteer him here. But what I'm telling you from what I got from Nick Sirianni and what has come out today from the players is that they believe in Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is the quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles this year and going forward. I mean, I don't understand why people are so hesitant to want to believe in Jalen Hurts. Listen, this whole, he was a second-round draft pick thing. Listen, that is such nonsense. Who's the best quarterback of all time, right? Some say it's Joe Montana, right? Some say it's Tom Brady. Were they first-round picks? Ask yourself that. Is Russell Wilson a first-round pick? Was Patrick Mahomes uh, the number one overall pick? He was barely a top 10 pick. I'm just saying. Look at, you go through the list of guys. Aaron Rodgers fell to the end of the first round. Drew Brees, second round pick. I mean, just think about it. I get it. Peyton Manning's do exist. Top guys are picked there at the top of the draft. But when you tell me, like, in our own division, Dak Prescott was a fourth round pick. Just because Jalen Hurts wasn't a first-round pick doesn't mean that Jalen Hurts can't be successful. And I think people have to come off that narrative. Like, they, they swear by your draft rating. Where were you rated in the draft? That's what we have to determine you by. It's not what you produ- uh, put on the field. We have to produce or uh, make our assumptions based off of where you were supposed to be drafted. It's just the stupidest of stupid logics. It makes absolutely zero sense. We're seeing it right now on this football team at other positions. We're seeing a seventh-rounder be better than a first-rounder at left tackle right? Currently, you're seeing a sixth rounder outshine a first rounder, a wide receiver in Quez and and Jalen Rager. And again, that is something that could obviously adjust here forward. This is just one preseason game and and a little bit part of training camp. But I'm just saying the point being here is we, we can't just assume because of your draft status or where you were drafted, that dictates how good you really are. That makes no sense whatsoever. The Eagles are much better off with Jalen Hurts. That's clear and obvious. And That was proven a little bit more today because you know what happened today? The Eagles and the Patriots started their joint practices. And 
the big thing that came out of the joint practices today, and again, I saw some of the highlights. Um, obviously, you're not going to be able to watch the joint practices. That's the deal um, with the NFL. These are not filmed. The only teams that get to film, see the footage of these practices are the Eagles and the Patriots. And from what was reported today, the Eagles' defense wiped up the Patriots' offense, and the Eagles' offense wiped up the uh, Patriots' defense. The Eagles destroyed the Patriots today in practice. And I know you'll say, well, so what? That's just practice. And I get it. You, you can't put everything in on that. The point here is this. We saw the Eagles' defense come out and be as vanilla as vanilla could possibly be on Thursday night. And why was that? They're not going to put anything out there on film. There's no need to. And the same thing with the offense. They're not going to put anything out there on film. They're not playing the Patriots this year unless they meet in the Super Bowl. So going here into this practice and being able to kind of unleash your you know, schemes on these teams, knowing that you're not giving a freebie to the NFL to watch, that's what happened here today. And you saw that the Eagles are a completely different team when they're able to do that. Not that they played some type of horrific game against the Steelers, because I'm not saying that at all, but I'm saying that the level goes up by 10 when they're able to actually do what they want to do. That's why these joint practices are so important. It reminds me of when in uh, 2017, we won the Super Bowl. We had a joint practice with uh, Miami that offseason. And the Eagles dusted the Dolphins. And I get it. The Dolphins were not some juggernaut team at the time. But the point is the Eagles dusted the Dolphins. I'm just saying, when you go into a joint practice and you dust the other team, like the Eagles dusted today, uh, the New England Patriots, especially this team, the New England Patriots, I get it, it's not the Tom Brady Patriots anymore, but still, it's still the New England Patriots with Bill Belichick, their cheater head coach. The Eagles went out there and they eviscerated them today. Now, will that whole pat on Thursday? Who knows? Because again, like I said, they're giving the Patriots the real runaround right now. On Thursday, you're going to start seeing the vanilla stuff come back out because again, they don't want to put stuff on film when they don't have to yet. That's what game one's for. You know what? I mean, you don't want to throw away your advantage against the Falcons because you're trying to win a preseason football game. It makes absolutely zero sense. And again, next week, they're going to have joint practices with the Jets. And to me, that's going to be another one where I'd assume, you know what, they'll be a little bit more vanilla during those practices because we do play the Jets this season. But again, we also play the Jets at the end of the regular season. It's into December. So point is there's really no need to hide what you're going to be because there's going to be you know over 10 games of film on you by the time you play the Jets so they're going to have a good idea of what the Eagles are at that point anyway you don't have to maybe throw the whole toolbox at them but again to, to keep anything kind of in reserve makes really no sense because you're not going to keep anything in reserve for the regular season and the Jets are going to be able to see what you are by the time you play them anyway here's the thing that came out of today's practice though that Jalen Hurts was the best quarterback on the field and I know that doesn't fit the agenda of some of these stupid Twitter accounts you see out there where they want you to believe the Eagles are going to trade for Deshaun Watson. Well, that's not happening. They're not trading for Deshaun Watson. I love that it was reported last week. And again, that's what I've come to the conclusion. I've been fooled. We get fooled by these guys with these stupid check marks on Twitter because they're trying to get interactions because that's how they generate money. My point is this. Don't believe it. They're not trading for a guy who could potentially go to prison and give him $40 million uh, essentially towards our salary cap when he could play his games from prison because that doesn't work, right? Uh, the Deshaun Watson thing's over. Jalen Hurts' belief in that building is growing day by day. He's a fantastic leader, and I believe he's going to be a fantastic quarterback. Uh, now, who shined today in these one-on-ones, or one-on-ones, in these joint practices? Well, 
in the one-on-ones. A guy like, we'll, we'll talk about the receivers. Jalen Rager looked pretty good. Uh, Quez Watkins, again, stood out. Devontae Smith is trending towards playing. He was actually in pads today, so he was doing some drills. He didn't actually participate, but I would think there's a shot Devontae Smith might play against the Jets. At that point, I wouldn't even do it. I would just hold him out of the preseason. It doesn't really make too much sense because I don't know how many starters are going to be playing against the Jets in that third preseason game to begin with. But um, all I'm saying here right now, Good things are happening, and our offensive line is dominating, and our defensive line is dominating. And that's, honest to God, when you think about football, right, what are the three areas you want to be really good at? You want to have, obviously, a great quarterback. That that helps tremendously. But you also want to have a great offensive line, and you want to have a great defensive line. Because if you could control the trenches, you essentially could control the football game. And the Eagles' offensive line right now, and this is without Andre Dillard, this is without Landon Dickerson, they are dominating, which is what you want to see. The only guys that weren't dominating for the Eagles on Thursday night, by the way, were their third-string guys. And and trust me, if it gets to that point, as you saw last year when it does get to that point, you're going to be in trouble anyway. And that goes for every team in the league. When there's a salary cap and a 53-player limit, your third-string guys shouldn't be as good as your first-string guys because you just can't have enough roster spots to guarantee that. Now, with the defensive line. We saw them essentially do the Jim Schwartz defense on Thursday night, and they still showed up. When they're playing in games, we're going to see stunts. We're going to see you know blitz packages. We're going to see a lot more exotic things. So think about that. If they were able to show up on Thursday night just rushing standard uh, pass rushes and, and, and stopping the run and yada, 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 just imagine what's going to happen when we throw a little disguise in there, what these guys are going to be able to do. Uh, Milton Williams, Javon Hargrave, Josh Sweat, all the guys that are standing out, they're going to stand out even more so when we're able actually to do what we want to do. Now, we're going to go over, uh, you know, what I see here as the roster prediction I gave a couple weeks ago, what I thought the roster prediction was. Well, now that we have a game in, I'm going to see if I, you know, have to edit any of it. We're going to go over that. But before I do, I do have a quick word from Anchor. So let's go over what I gave as my essentially pre-training camp roster prediction and what right now would be amendments to that prediction, right? So again, I will have a full prediction come the end of the preseason, as will a lot of people because at that point it will be, you know, this is it. We're getting to the final cuts. But what do I have right now? What would I amend off of what I had, you know, a week and a half ago? Uh, Well, let's just start with it. Uh, the quarterbacks, Jalen Hurts, Joe Flacco, and Nick Mullins. That's who I had as our quarterbacks. I thought Mullins was going to make this team because of all the reasons I said before. Guy with starting experience, very cheap, very young. Well, guess what? No freaking way is Nick Mullins making this team. I'm sorry. He's going to have to light it the F up in these next two preseason games because he was utter garbage on Thursday night. It was really bad. His arm is brutal. So right now, there is an amendment. We're not having three quarterbacks. We're going to go with two. It's going to be Hurts and Flacco. They're so far and away better than Mullins. It's not even funny. I do get a kick out of listening back to people who are trying to tell us that we should have never signed Joe Flacco. We should have kept Nick Mullins. He's better than Joe Flacco anyway. Just do yourself a big, big favor. If you ever, ever, ever said that Nick Mullins was better than Joe Flacco, for any other reason other than the fact that you were, and again, if your argument was he's younger and started more and that Nick Mullins could 
take the job from Joe Flacco, fine. That's a pass. But if you were somebody who actually just flat out admitted that Nick Mullins was better than Joe Flacco, your card is removed. You can no longer talk football. Like I said, I said the only reason I saw Nick Mullins possibly sticking around here was because, again, young, started 16 games, very cheap, and essentially that's what you get at the backup quarterback position. If you have a guy with starter experience, like, like look at the Cowboys. Look who they got at their backup quarterback. They got Garrett Gilbert, Cooper Rush, and Ben Nucci. You know what I mean? Not every team has the affordability to have a guy like Joe Flacco behind your quarterback. And Joe Flacco, by the way, in case you haven't known, he won a Super Bowl. So having Joe Flacco here to help Jalen Hurts, that helps this team. So we'll go with two quarterbacks. Now, the running backs. I had Sanders, Gainwell, uh, on Johnson, and Boston Scott. Let's check that. Uh, on Johnson, absolutely out. Jordan Howard, absolutely in, not even close. It's now Sanders, Howard, Scott, and Gainwell. Those are the four running backs. Wide receiver, uh, Devontae Smith, Jalen Rager, Travis Fulgham, Greg Ward, and Quez Watkins. Sticking with those five, Quez Watkins was the guy I said who was going to win that fifth battle. Do I think they're going to add that quarterback spot to a wide receiver? I don't see it at this point. Those are the five. Now, tight end. This is interesting. You have Dallas Goddard locked in. The, the other three, I think, are up for grabs. I don't know if Ertz is going to be on this team. I mean... <laughs> I sure as heck think they should. They really do need to trade him because now at this point you have a prospect in a guy like Tyree Jackson who I did not have on this roster who, spoiler, is going to make this team. Tyree Jackson is making the Philadelphia Eagles. He is going to be a tight end here. He's actually seen above Jack Stoll, which I am shocked by, but hey, it is what it is. He has earned that spot. I would say to you right now, if Ertz is on the roster, it's Goddard, Ertz, Rogers, and Tyree Jackson. That would be the four. Because I just think that they want Richard Rodgers here as a safety blanket because they are trying to get rid of Zach Ertz. So that would be where the quarterback spot to went right now. Offensive line, Mylotta, Johnson, Dillard, Driscoll, Brooks, Ciamalo, Dickerson, Herbig, and Kelsey. That's it right now. I don't believe Suo Peta is going to get a spot here. He was, I thought, pretty brutal when he got first-team reps there the other night. Um... I mean, Brett Tolt actually played pretty good at tackle, so th- there's a thing with him. The Raven Clark was activated off the PUP, so he should be playing here hopefully soon. He has a shot to win a job. Andre Dillard is a huge question mark. Who knows what's going on with him? I'm sure that with the Bears getting Jason Peters this week, uh, that they may have called the Eagles about Dillard. And I- again, I don't even know if they did or didn't, but if they didn't, that's even a worse sign. But... uh I would still stick with the guys we have on the offensive line there. I don't see anything changing yet. Um, defense. Uh, Graham, Barnett, Sweat, Kerrigan for the um, ends. Yeah, Teron Jackson, watch out for, though. I'm not ruling him out yet. I think he could be the guy who comes in for that fifth end. I really think Teron Jackson has a much better shot to make this team. I would say his odds went from like 10% to almost 40% off of the last game I saw. Defensive tackles, Cox, Hargrave, Williams, Tua Peloto and Ridgeway, well, false. Tua Peloto, uh, he played the whole second half and had no impact in this game whatsoever. A guy like T.Y. McGill did. So I would think right now T.Y. McGill is the fifth defensive uh, tackle if they go that way. Again, they could go four defensive tackles. I think they're going to go heavy there. I'm going to still stick with uh, five defensive tackles. Put T.Y. McGill in. Now, linebackers. Singleton, Wilson, Taylor, Edwards, and Avery, and I had it where it was Edwards or Sean Bradley or Avery or Patrick Johnson. Um, 
first of all, I didn't have Jacoby Stevens on here, and he was trending towards making this team, but he also now got suffered an injury. Uh, Patrick Johnson got injured in the game there the other night. I don't know what his status is. I didn't hear much on it, so my assumption is he's going to still be playing. Singleton and Wilson are the uh, starting linebackers. Taylor, uh, he'll make the team, but TJ Edwards is making this team guaranteed. So there's four. I would say Jernard Avery's making this team. That's five. And right now, I think Sean Bradley's going to make this team a six. I do think they're going to go six linebackers, which is nuts to me. And if they go six linebackers, that means they have to somehow go three tight ends. So the four tight ends right now we have listed, well, we'd have six linebackers, and that would mean Ertz gets traded. I'm just saying Ertz gets traded before the first game, and there we go. We have the three tight ends then with Rodgers, Jackson, and um, Goddard, and Stoll being you know somebody they hope they could stash on their practice squad, which they probably won't be able to do. But... Um, or they could cut Richard Rodgers, I guess, I go with Stoll. But um, I would say right now the linebacker, Singleton, Wilson, Taylor, Edwards, Bradley, and Avery. Now, defensive backs. Slay, and I remember I put not on roster. Well, he's on the roster now, Steven Nelson. Steven Nelson, Avante Maddox, Zach McPherson, uh, Craig James, and Josiah Scott. I'm not changing that. And it's not. it's crazy to me Craig James keeps getting all this clout considering he just can't stay on the field, can't stay healthy. Like last year, he... Couldn't stay healthy. Can't stay healthy again this year. I have major concerns about him being on the roster because he's a complete injury problem. But Michael Jaquette played there the other night, and Michael Jaquette can't play. Just Deontay Johnson worked him down the sideline there. Pretty easy 30-some yard completion. That stuff just can't happen. I will say that's what happens there at corner. Um, safety, Anthony Harris, Rodney McLeod, Kayvon Wallace, Marcus Epps, Andrew Adams, and I think that stays the same there because Marcus Epps looks like he is jumping Kayvon Wallace. And Marcus Epps looks like he's going to be the guy here um, if Rodney McLeod can't play. In terms of, even if Kayvon Wallace was healthy, I think that uh, Marcus Epps would be starting over. So there are a couple amendments, not serious yet, but I think Tyree Jackson has worked his way in. Nick Mullins has absolutely worked his way off. I would say to you, Sean Bradley has worked his way in. Uh, T.Y. McGill has worked his way in. And that is essentially, and oh, Carrion Johnson has worked his way off with Jordan Howard working his way in. Those are the major changes so far. And I'm going to do this after every game, you know, the following Monday show. We'll keep going over the roster prediction because, again, it's easier than saying, okay, let's just wait here. We could kind of talk it out. You could see where the thought process goes into each pick. So then come the end of the preseason when we do our roster predictions, who's going to make this team. And again, remember, it's just making the 53. There could be cuts from other teams where the Eagles go ahead and pluck somebody off, a la like they did with Bryce Treggs a couple years ago. Things like that happen. So they did it with Kamugaraje Hill. They, they found some guys that could play when other teams make their cuts. That's just how it goes. But we'll do our 53-man that way. So, again, not a ton to talk about. I thought we'd have a little bit more news. We are in the middle of joint practices, like I said. Jalen Mills is back. You know, Nelson Aguilar is back. But the main thing that came away from today was that Jalen Hurts played his ass off. And Jalen Hurts is going to be quarterback one for the Eagles, not just this year, but going forward. I truthfully believe in it, and I think it's the best thing for the Philadelphia Eagles. So I want everybody to stay safe, stay healthy, stay educated. We will see you Thursday night to go over the Patriots-Eagles preseason game. Go Eagles, go.